Hello, hello, welcome, and welcome back to the United Mates Football Podcast. As ever, I am joined by my co-host Joe, and our old friend John is here with us as well. We do also have a special guest who we're all thrilled to have with us on today's call. We're going to be chatting with him about his favorite club team and his life as a hugely popular content creator. We're also going to be playing a few games too, and we even have some new music for you at the end of the show from today's featured artist, Sandy Nunn. So stick around for his single, Tearjerker. Right. Before Joe properly introduces today's guest, John, welcome back to the pod. How have you been doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm just trying to trying to live with having all this hair on my head, to be honest. It's a new thing for me. Uh, and also, I was, I was in a great mood literally 10 to 15 minutes ago. And then five minutes before halftime in the Arsenal game, David Luiz has just been sent off and we'll score the penalty. So that's just curtailed my uh, mood for a bit. But yeah, other than that, I'm all right. Yeah, I can relate on both ends, being an Arsenal fan and having long hair recently. I kind of have this trick where I stick it in a beanie as soon as I get out of the shower, and that allows me to look like a normal person for the rest of the day. But otherwise, I can I can relate to your struggles. Hopefully, Arsenal will turn it around in the second half. Joe, my co-host, how are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm good, thanks, Kai. Obviously hoping that Arsenal don't turn it around in the second half, but... Sure, we'll keep an eye on that. Yeah, it's just a another day in lockdown Britain, really. You know, we've had a few of them. Sure, there's a a few more to go. But <laughs> now we've mentioned um, on this podcast before that myself, Kaitel, and John have all gone to the same school. Um, but today, in fact, our guest has actually been to the same junior school as myself, and even. Weird, weirder in a sense, I guess. Kaito and John also went to a junior school together. And we've worked out that we think me and today's guest have actually played football against John and Kaito. Crazy times, eh? But anyway, a big welcome to the show to Max Fosh. Max. Ah, oh, Max, it's great to have you here. We're just Thanks gonna... so much for having me. Oh, that's all right. And yeah, just so everyone knows, Max is the YouTuber, of course, behind Street Smart. And over the last few years, he's been up to all sorts, including buying a roundabout, tracking down um, a woman from a famous stock photo. I enjoyed that um, little series. And of course, um, trying his best recently to get a job at Radio One. So Max, how are you? I'm very well. Thanks very much for having me. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it is very fitting that this is kind of a football podcast because that has been the thing that has got me through the most recent lockdowns, the last like, lockdown two, lockdown three, um, just having the opportunity to, to putting on the TV and knowing like if, without fail, you know, there's going to be some match on um, has been a real lifesaver. I've suddenly become inc- like, incredibly interested in Sheffield United versus West Brom, which previously I never would have been. But suddenly I'm rooting for the Goldrick to bag a hat trick. I don't know what's happened to me. <laughs> yeah, no, it really is at the moment. Every day football is a bit of a savior for us, but um. Max, we start every episode on this podcast with an icebreaker question for our guests. So we're obviously aware that you've got a bit of a history with meal deals um, on your YouTube channel. So what we want to know, Max, what is your favourite meal deal? So I got asked this question the other day and I was wondering whether I should say, but I should keep it this kind of this, this mystery. But then I realized I watched back one of the, the meal deal episodes and I did say on camera what my meal deal was. Now, with with these with this i get this question quite a lot and it's i find it really funny because i've now kind of been given this title as someone who knows everything about meal deals when in fact i just made kind of two videos being silly about it and i don't really know that much about them so i don't i don't um promise to possess the world's best meal deal but my meal deal is as follows it's got to be tesco it's got to be 
Um, I do. I've been a big fan of the chicken and bacon and mayo sandwich they do, but the chicken, bacon, and mayo has kind of been blended into this like mystery sauce, um, and it's, it's this paste that you don't really understand what it is, but it is quite tasty. So I'll get that involved, and then a beef barbecue hula hoop, the big ones. They go down an absolute treat. Or if I'm feeling a bit tangy, I want a bit of salt. I get a McCoy's salt and vinegar. Love deep ridge crisp. That really packs a punch. Um, and then finishing up with uh, Lipton's peach iced tea, the driest of all soft drinks. Wow, it, it, that your mouth comes out of that with a new, <laughs> having had an incredible experience. So yeah, for me, it's a peach iced tea, um, some beef barbecue hula hoops, and a chicken and bacon mayo surprise. <laughs> Oh, that, you know, it sounds very good. Very, very good indeed, actually. But John, how about you? What is your ideal meal? Uh, yeah, I've actually been thinking about this all day because there's some great tests. You are right, Max. Tesco is the, definitely the one. It used to, For me, it used to be Sainsbury's back in the day, but they've kind of t- like reworked their meal deals in a weird way and it just doesn't work. But yeah, it would have to be um, the chicken and stuffing, roast chicken and stuffing and i'll go for mccoy's uh flame grilled steak i'll just go for it flame grilled steak proper crisps and maybe on a friday full fat coke but it's not a friday we're gonna go for an innocent smoothie to keep it healthy okay (laughs) that that is that is really it's all about balance people it's all about exactly Exactly. <laughs> Our resident dietitian, John Walters there. And finally, um, Kaitel, obviously you're in America these days, but back, you know, when you're next back in the UK, what, what are you going to go for with your meal deal? Yeah, definitely. This was a nostalgic one for me to think about. I'm probably going to get it wrong in terms of combos that I'm allowed to put together because it's been a while. But sandwich wise, I'm a pescatarian, so I can't look further than a tuna sandwich. Sweet corn or not, doesn't matter. <laughs> Otherwise, crisps wise, quavers, because we don't have them here. Drink-wise, I think I'm probably kind of like pushing the boat out a bit. I don't think they'd let me, but a J2O, I likewise, we just don't have them in their quality. And then if I'm going to be like extra cheeky and grab a sweet, maybe like a Twix, because it's quite a luxurious candy bar. Um, Joe, what would your meal deal if you could put whatever one together you wanted to be? Nice, yeah. Um, I, I'd go to Tesco's as well. Um, you know, got to got to use that club card. Um, then I'd get a BLT sandwich probably. I'd also go for salt and vinegar McCoys. I'm a big fan of those. I'd then get a Coke, but I'd I'd get one of those like really thin cans of Coke, so I feel like it's not quite as bad. And then yeah, if I'm adding a chocolate bar in to maybe ruin the deal, but I'm just extra hungry. It's it's got to be a double decker. Oh, it's good. It's, I like I like when someone mixes it up and gets a gets a chockey bar in there because it is <laughs> it is technically allowed. It is it is fair game in the meal deal world. But people people see the crisp as more of a snack rather than a dessert. But Joe, I love that. You're really thinking outside the box. Oh, I've I've had plenty of practice of getting it for lunch over the years. Got it nailed down. The candy bar is a bit of a curveball. I wonder if people at the checkout, like the Tesco people, are doing a bit of a double take when they see a candy bar instead of crisps every now and then. Got to keep them on their toes. Anyway, now that we've sort of established our favorite meal deals, let's move on to some more personal questions, as if meal deals weren't personal enough. So, Max, essentially, we want to know about football and your relationship with football from your childhood. So when did it all begin? Do you have any memories of either playing or watching football? And to my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe, are you a Chelsea fan? Is that correct? How did you become I'm a Chelsea fan? I am. Perfect. How did that happen? How did all the football stuff start? What is your origin story? 
So the football stuff, if I can cast you chaps, is mine way back to the year of 1999. Um, and <laughs> AFC Wimbledon, I think, were in the Premier League. But no, I remember I was, I was living in West London with, with my parents at the age of four or five in 99. And my dad one day said to me, my dad's been, always been a big sportsman, but he's more rugby and cricket. And he said to me, do you want to go watch a football match? And I thought, yeah, sure. That sounds good. And I'd seen, I, I, I loved getting in uh, sun, Sunday morning. Was it Sunday morning? Yeah. Match the day Sunday morning with Des Lynham. I just loved doing that. I was just the be- like the beautiful day playing with the montage. Oh, it was just nostalgia 101. And he said to me, do you want to go watch a match? I was like, yeah, of course. But we didn't really know what, what matches were on. So we literally got the newspaper out and we were looking at the back to see where local teams are playing. So we were looking for either a, uh, we lived in Holland Park in West London. So we were looking for a Fulham game, a Chelsea match, QPR. And QPR happens to be playing against Bury in, I think, the third division of English football. And so we were like, right, let's just go down. So we bought a ticket from a ticket tout and we went to this game and QPR beat Bury 4 0. And my over, I remember there was an absolute screamer of a goal at one point. But my overriding feeling after watching the match was that of feeling sorry for Barry, finding out they'd come all of this way to be beaten 4-0. So my mind went to the logistics of it and <laughs> the disappointment that had to be involved. So that's where I kind of really loved um, football. And I was playing kind of Saturday football um, in North London on Primrose Hill. And um, that's where I kind of like fell in love with football. I was a little bit of one for the, f- I was the flat, I was left footed. So I kind of took myself on as the flashy, um, winger when in, because I just hated tackling I hated getting hurt so I should have become a QPR fan after that point but I think my dad said to me look Max QPR are never going to win anything you live in Chelsea so Stamford Bridge is relatively close they're probably more likely to win things so 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 go for Chelsea um, so I think that's how I ended up supporting Chelsea because at the age of five I was a bit of a glory supporter glory hunter that's fair enough I mean why not why not have aim high from a young age? Mm, um, and it's interesting to hear that you played football at Prim- Primrose Hill on Saturdays. We might even have further crossed pads because that sounds very familiar. Yeah, I mean, that do, I you remember, uh, do you remember a guy called Emmanuel? I seem to remember Emmanuel. I literally do remember a trainer called Emmanuel, yes. Yeah. So basically, we would have, <laughs> we're discovering we would played, quite a lot right would have now. We played football together. He was, this en- <laughs> yeah. he was so tall. I mean, he probably wasn't that tall. It's just I was four and so looked up to this guy who was enormous. He was an adult, essentially. He, he was yeah. an adult. And he, uh, he had <laughs> Arsenal tracksuit bottoms on all the time. So I thought... This guy is, and he would he would just beat us. He would run past us, and I remember thinking, "This guy is amazing at football." It's just the fact that we were five years old that he was able to do so. But yeah, Emmanuel, shout out to Emmanuel, whatever he's doing in the world. Yeah, yeah, shout to Emmanuel. Sounds like we might have more to catch up off off camera when this is over than we than we even knew. Um, yeah, were you with your YouTube content? Were you ever tempted to go down more of the football route? I know you've um, done some videos outside uh, White Hart Lane which are very funny. Like, I love it. Just, wind, just winding up Spurs fans, kind of. But were you ever tempted, obviously, to not go down the Arsenal fan TV kind of route, but was that your... Did you have any intention to do more of a football angle? No. But, no, and the reason why is because I really hate... I really dislike the, the tribal element of football. It's, like, it's not just around the, the UK, but in the world. And there is the sense that if you are a Chelsea fan or if you're an Arsenal fan, you're not allowed to speak to a Spurs fan. And like, there are some people who take this kind of like very jokingly, but 
in other in other instances the diehards like that's so that's a real thing and so i find that a very bizarre concept that because somebody supports football team you're not allowed to to talk to anybody else so i and i don't think i love it that much i think i've I've got in a play for fpl every now and then but i was much too egotistical i wanted people i wanted to make people laugh rather than talk about footy um but now that i've got a channel i've i have yeah as you say like have been able to do a little bit of football content and um, it's a completely different audience. Like it's a whole new world. Like football Twitter, for example, is just something that you need to be very careful before dipping your toe into. So it was never an idea to kind of go into full time, but I do like to dabble every now and then. Maybe I would have, because I'm a Spurs fan. I wonder if I was there that day. Next time you're outside White Hot Lane, Max, I'll be there. I'll, I'll be there talking to you. Please whenever. be, please be there. I need someone to talk to. <laughs> but yeah, um, obviously, um, just earlier, Kai was um, asking you kind of about your, your start in football and you spoke about Primrose Hill football and all of that. But obviously, back in the day um, when we were at school together, I think we, play, we played in the same school team. You were obviously a year younger, but you were always like the the star kid in your um in your team and i know you, there was even a video you did where you kind of got the band back together for a, a running race i know <laughs> yeah. but uh but what um what are your memories of um playing football back in those days at- i see well actually my memories of them were, were was that i was really good and the reason why that is you, you touched upon it there joe the reason why i thought i was really good is that there were 20 boys in my year <laughs> like so i was kind of i was i was so up myself because i was in the in the a team at football all the time i thought yeah don't worry guys i'm I know what I'm doing. And I went to secondary school where suddenly there were 180 boys in the year and I was put in the sixth 11. So it was a bit of a, it was a bit of a kind of a crash back down to earth. But no, I, I, I remember playing a lot of football. It was just the thing to like, the thing to do. And Joe, when we were in a team together, we were in the, like the school first team when we were 13 and we got these kits that was like really shiny shirts. They were, they looked like, they looked like an outfit from stars in their eyes. Like, honestly, they were so sparkly um, and we wore them with such pride. And Joe kind of led the line up front with the striking position. I was more left wing. who definitely didn't track back. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I just remember having just um, such fond memories. And even after school, going home and playing football with people who lived around me, like playing football as so I'm sure is the same with all of you guys was such a such a pivotal part of my childhood. Definitely. God, yeah, and it's funny you mentioned those shiny kits. We, yeah, we all just like the campus team going. Like, you know. <laughs> that, was, that was a weird moment. That was a weird bit of pride. Remember when you'd have to leave a lesson early? It'd be like, oh, sorry, miss. I, I'm representing the school away at UCS, okay? <laughs> just email, insane. tell me about the homework later. Yeah, and actually, when I went to secondary school, I played cricket. Cricket was my sport. And if anything, like John, that, experience was times 10 because you got to miss the whole of Saturday school like you would you would leave the first lesson halfway through like sorry miss I've got cricket to play it was just such a kind of a drop the mic kind of moment walking out and just going to play sport all day so yeah it was it was that was a great side effect well you know I'm happy the memories are are positive ones and yeah great for bringing up the kit but um Obviously now, Max, you are a YouTuber and you, you've, um, you've, you've been doing a lot of cool stuff over the last couple of years. But what I'm interested in is if we would could go back in time and go back to young Max Fosh back when we were at school, 
would you be do you think young Max would sort of be surprised what you're up to now or actually was this obviously sort of YouTubers maybe wasn't a thing back then but did you did you from a young age always have ambitions of sort of doing something in the media or, or of that ilk yeah I, I think I've definitely always been a show-off I mean that's that's definitely safe to say so I, I was always in the school plays um, at school and when the, the, the part of Angel Gabriel was up for the school nativity, I was the first one who stuck my hand up in the air. No one else did it. No one else wanted to dress up in a sheet and be the Angel Gabriel, but I bloody did. Um, so I don't think, obviously, as you say, like YouTube definitely wasn't a thing. Um, it just didn't cross my mind that that could be an option. I think the closest thing that that could be an option uh, equivalent to is like acting. And so I did, I think when I was younger, I was like, yeah, I want to be an actor, not really knowing what that meant. Um, and actually I'm very glad that I didn't go down that path because I've got friends of mine who have, and it is such a, a cutthroat world and is so dependent on other people for, for, to help things happen for you. Um, but for a long, long time, I think in my secondary school, it, I didn't even think about it because there was such a traditional route that would happen for people who went to the secondary school that I went to. I went to Harrow School, which is a very kind of a bit of a, it's a bit stuffy. It's a bit kind of um, old school in its traditions. And so you kind of expected to go in the city or be a doctor or be a lawyer. And so I didn't really think about doing that at all. Um, and that only really kind of reignited in me when I went to university. So, but I bet like little 12 year old Max would have loved the idea that I'm doing what I'm doing now, but probably didn't understand how it was going to happen or how that route was going to get to where it is. It's a lot of fun what you're doing. So I'm sure 12 year old Max would have been buzzing at the fort in, in his shiny kit, of course. Um, <laughs> in campus Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've asked a few questions, Max, but now it's time for our first game. of the Yes. Book. Yeah, I know. It's very, it's a very exciting one today. Do actually. I need a pen and paper, or, or is it just my knowledge that I need? It's, it's just your knowledge. And um, Max, you've um, over the last couple of years, actually, you've made you've made a lot of headlines through your alter ego, Maximus Bucharest. Correct. Um, yes. So we obviously know that Maximus can take a catwalk in his stride, but what we want to know today is how much does Maximus actually know about Romanian football? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so. What um what I'm going to do, Max, is okay. I'm, I'm going to, or Maximus, I should even say, yeah. I'm going to pose a few questions to yourself and, and to Kaitel and John as well. And essentially, you'll all get a chance to say whether you think the statement is true or false. So let's start with the first question now. And let's see if Kai and John can beat the man from Bucharest himself. So the first question, true or false? Stal Bucharest were the champions of Liga One in the 2019-20 season. I'll start with Maximus. Do you think that's true or false? I know that they're definitely a team. So I've, I've when you were when you were doing the intro, I thought I don't even know any Romanian teams, but I've I've heard of Stal Bucharest, and I think they often pop up in the Europa League at least, if not the Champions League. So I'm going to say yes. I haven't heard of any. Other, I'm going to say that's true. I think they did win the, the league. Okay, you think it's true. John, how about you? Did Stal Bucharest win the league last season? <laughs> um, let's just go yes. I okay. mean, if someone said that to me in the pub, I'd totally believe <laughs> them. Like, yeah, why not? <laughs> okay, and Kaito, what do you reckon? True or false? Someone told that to me in the pub, I would be very confused as to why they told, <laughs> they told me that in the first place. But I, I'm just going to be contrary and say it's false. There's another team, I think, Dinamo Bucharest, so I'm just going to assume that they won. Well, I can reveal that 
it was false. So Kai gets a point there. And actually, I can also reveal it was CFR Cluj that won the um, Liga One. Question number two. Dan Petrescu played for four separate teams in the Premier League. True or false? Let's start with Kai this time. Um, I mean, I don't want to give anyone else clues, but honestly, I can only think of one of them. So I'm going to say false. Okay, false from Kaitel. John? I'm going to say true. I think he played for a few teams. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay, what about you, Maximus? What do yeah, you think? I, 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 think he, I think he did play for quite a few teams. Um, yeah, I'm going to say true as well. I'm going to stick with John on this. Okay, well, John and Max are right. It's true. Um, he played actually for Sheffield Wednesday, Chelsea, Bradford, and even Southampton. Who'd have known that... <laughs> Dan would get around so much. So we've all got one point apiece. Third question. In the first game of Euro 2016, France beat Romania 2-1, but this was a game in which two of Romania's starting 11 had previously played in the Premier League. True or false? Let's start with John. Oh, man, I'm trying to think. True. Okay, John's going true. Kaito, what do you reckon? I mean, I'm sure there was at least one... Whether or not there was a second, I'm going to say true. True, I'm, okay. What I'm about gonna you? S- I'm going to say false because I think I think at some point in their career, there would have been at least two. Like, I, like, I was watching the Fulham game the other day and they were saying that someone from like the Seychelles plays for Fulham or something, like a really obscure country. So I'm sure that two players at least wormed their way into the Premier League. So I'm going to say false. I think, I think it's more. Okay. Well, I can reveal it was true, actually. There was a Kai and John get a point. And the the two players were Vlad Kirikez, who played for Spurs for a bit, pretty badly, unfortunately. And then one of my favourite football manager players, Razvan Rat. He only had a short spell at West Ham, but he did play in the Premier League. Okay. I know. Forget the Rat. Absolutely love the Rat. Um, (laughs) Question four. (laughs) Now, we've spoken about Style Bucharest. It's the turn of Dynamo Bucharest now. Dynamo Bucharest haven't won Liga 1 since 2006. True or false? Max, what do you reckon? That's false. They're, they've definitely won it in, in, in the kind of the teens. Ten, 10 to 20, they've, they've bagged it at least once. I believe in them. So that's false. Okay, false. Kaito, what do you think? Yeah, if you're living in Bucharest, I mean, there's got to be what a divide, I guess, between Stour and Dynamo. So hopefully there's been some good times for those Dynamo guys in the past couple of decades. I'm going to say it's false. Okay, John, what are you saying? Yeah, false as well. Okay, and you are all correct, but actually, I think not for the right reasons because they haven't oh. actually won it since two thousand and five. Who'd have thought? God, there's some there's some heartache on one side of Bucharest. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you don't want to be a fan of Dinamo. Um, but yeah, we've got we've got a few questions left at the moment. Kai's on three points. Maximus is on two, and John's on three. Can Maximus get back into it? Let's see. I hope so you question hope so. five: Yanis Hadji, son of Georgie was the first ever Romanian player to sign for the club Rangers. True or false? Max, let's start with you. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay. John? Uh, It rings a bell. Of course, his son would play for someone like Rangers, you know what I mean? So I'm going to have to say, yeah. Okay. Kai, true or false that he was the first Romanian to sign for Rangers? I don't think so. There's got to have been, back in the day, one Romanian before Hadji, who's been there for only a couple of years. So I'm going to say false. Kaitel is correct. It is, oh, false. Oh. It is false. There was one other Romanian that signed for Rangers um, who weirdly never played a game for them and also, very sadly, 
died quite young. Daniel Proden, rest in peace to him. But what that does mean is Kaitel's on four points. And we've got a couple of questions left. Let's see. Kaitel's can... storming out into the lead. <laughs> 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 You know, my yeah, Romanian how do you know so much? <laughs> Question six. Adria Mewtwo, um, oh, I had to include him because, yeah, well, Max is a Chelsea fan and, and John absolutely loves this man. But Adria Mewtwo scored 25 goals for the Romanian national side. True or false? John, let's start with you. I, I think he scored a lot more than that. So, you so uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Kaitel? I'm going to say false. Um, probably, yeah, maybe more. I think true, because I think like he is in, his, his career got cut short because of all sorts of scandals. He loved, he loved the little snow dust. So um, he, uh, I'm sure that the Romanian national team didn't like, act too kindly. So I reckon he would have maybe got 25 in about 40 games, which makes sense. So I'm going to say that's true. You're going to say that's true. Oh, dear, Max. It's <laughs> false. Uh, Maximus, you've been doing too much modelling. You need to get, <laughs> need to get to football ground. Yeah, yeah. Need to actually scored thirty-five goals as opposed to twenty-five. Oh, uh, gosh, we really were banging them in for Romania. Good really lad. Was. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we've got we've got one more question. Kai's in the lead with one point. So basically, can John tie this game up, and can Maximus get a little consolation prize here? So here's the final question: At Euro two thousand. Romania were defeated by Italy in the quarterfinals. True or false? Let's start with Max. I've got 50-50. Haven't got a Scooby. That is, that's a weird thing to make up, so that's true. Okay, true. John, what are you saying? Yeah, I'm going to go with true. Okay, John, John's going with true. Kaitel, it's, it's down to you. Do you reckon it's true or do you reckon it's false? I remember Buffon making that save against this is many world cups later against romania i think that saved italy's prospects to get out of the group one time and for some reason i want to say that the commentators might have referenced back to like an older game between italy and romania so i'll go ahead and say sure it's true that italy beat them you're all correct italy did beat romania in the quarterfinals of euro 2000 so kai congratulations you are the winner of this romanian game and um, John, you've beaten Maximus. So yeah, I think, um, as I said earlier, Maximus, a great model, but he's, he's clearly not a football fan. I'm struggling. <laughs> Adrian Mutu, they will forever remain in my heart for both Chelsea reasons and also just off the pitch reasons. He sounds oh. like a great laugh on a night out. Oh, you've got to get Maximus and Adrian on a night out the next <laughs> question week. That would be, that'd that'd be, be fantastic, wouldn't it? I think Mutu is even a coach possibly within the Romania setup. So hopefully he's setting a better example these days than he was during his time at Chelsea. Uh, speaking of Chelsea, we mentioned it earlier, that's the team that Max supports. So let's talk a little bit more about them. Um, with you know Frank Lampard gone, I would say that possibly at this point, Roman Abramovich is maybe the closest remaining link between the Chelsea of today and the Chelsea of all of our childhoods. Seeing as the Russian billionaire's arrival at Stamford Bridge brought about massive changes at Chelsea, Max, I wanted to know how recognisable is the club that you currently support compared to the one that you began following when you were a kid? What a great question. I think one thing that has happened under Roman is that in 2004, when they brought in Mourinho and they had all this money to spend, like um, 
that was so new in English football. And like, I remember it being like Chelsea are buying their way to the title, but it kind of set a precedent to what happens now. And that I think Chelsea, even though they had, they spent a lot in the summer, um, they're, they're kind of almost minnows in terms of the amount of money they're putting behind transfers. So I guess they're very different in that sense and that they're no, they're no longer seen as the plastic glory club, which they did for about 10 years. And that title has now been taken by City um, and kind of united in some way, but they just don't have any of the trophies to back it up. Um, so I think in that sense, it's very different. And I guess I, I definitely also wasn't as involved in like the, the, the club and how it performed when I was younger. Um, I think that we still don't have, we, we've got a few players that are stalwarts of the club, but they're with this new like increase in spending that's being changed over. So when I was growing up, we had the Terry's, we had the Petter Czechs, the Ashley Coles, the Lampards, who was the first name on the team sheet. But now that that isn't really the case anymore. I mean, Aspilicueta's just got back in the team under Tuchel, which is nice to see, but I think that's quite kind. I don't think he's definitely not our best right back. Um, and so I think it's definitely a period of change and Abramovich is, is showing that and he's, and he's not giving people that much time to, uh, to enact that change. So I think it definitely has changed a lot from the Chelsea that I once knew. But if anything, it's a Chelsea that I'm now more invested in than I was as a kid. Well, that's interesting to know that you're kind of, yeah gotten closer to the club as time has, has moved on. Um, sticking with Tuchel and, or Tuchel, however you say it, and uh, Abramovich, I guess. Obviously, what, Mourinho did come back for a second spell and he, he won the Premier League title for you guys a few years ago. But I would say that since his first spell that you were referencing um, back in, what, around 2004, I'd say no manager at the club has had a particularly steady platform to stand on since then and that rather they've all seemingly been on Roman's chopping block from kind of the minute they walked in the door. So... Do you think there's anything that might make Tuchel different or given the longstanding issue of kind of notorious player power at Chelsea, is Tuchel just the next fall guy? I would love to say that he isn't, but I'm sure he is. I'm sure that in two years, if that, he'll be out of there. Um, like, I mean, if you look at the, the people that, that Abramovich has got rid of, even when they got results, like Di Matteo won the Champions League and he left the next season. Like, Avram Grant did great, brilliant. Gus Hiddink did, did quite well. And they all just kind of left very quickly. I don't fall, I don't see how, and it's kind of, we're kind of seeing this in football, just in general across the league. We're, there are, I don't think there's any manager at the moment, at any club that's been there for a long period of time, other than maybe, maybe Sean Dyche at Burnley. Um, so I don't, I don't think he's going to last long. I think, I think he'll do what he needs to do. He might win an FA Cup. He might win a Europa League. He's, I, I don't see him at the moment winning a Premier League. He might be able to if he gets the, the, the players firing, because although we've seen Werner not doing playing particularly well this season, the firepower that Chelsea have is incredible. And like we're now seeing Hudson Adore and Reese James and a lot of the, the more defensive players. Billy Gilmore, I'm a big, big fan of. And I think that he could be one of the next big talents, the next Phil Foden's of, of, of the Premier League. So I don't think that Tuchel is going to stay around for long, but he, I'm sure he might win the odd thing. Do you, do you think this like uh, constant kind of transition of managers like hurts um, some of your youth players in like the long term? So a long term career at Chelsea, like and you could see another. You know, I know they're not English or anything, but like Kevin De Bruyne, you know, moving from obviously that's the obvious one. Mo Salah, all these young players coming to Chelsea and they just flounder almost, and then they go somewhere else and they just they're just amazing. 
is that kind of a product of constant change? Yeah, I'm not sure what a pro- what a product what that is a product of, but Chelsea are very very good at letting incredible players go. I mean, Lukaku is another one of them that we just. Yeah. But also then playing players who are really not very good, like Steve Sidwell was given the number ten shirt for a long period of time. Like that's bonkers. The guy did nothing, um, and I think we have seen that under Frank and maybe a little bit just before Frank there have been an emergence of maybe five players that I can think of that are now looking to be the real deal as Premier League players. Like you've got Reese James, Mason Mount, hudson Adoy, um, Billy Gilmore, maybe those four. Uh, it's actually, not, no, Tammy, not Tammy Abraham. Yeah, oh, Tammy, Tammy Abraham up front as well. Yeah, you're right. Like they are now turning into, they're, they're, they're becoming good Premier League players. They're not yet going to be a Mo Salah or Kevin De Bruyne. Um, but hopefully we have got enough of them that one or two will turn into those players. And I'm not sure why it's Chelsea that is making them leave so quickly and what, what particularly at Chelsea is that there's not letting them flourish, but we can't make that mistake much longer, just purely from the football side of things, but also from, from a financial point of view. Like if you're, if you're letting a hundred million pound player go for 15 million, just because yeah. you, you're not being patient enough is a really stupid financial decision. I mean, there are so many young, talented players at Chelsea. It'll be interesting to see what Tuchel does with them. I mean, the early signs are, are pretty promising. But I mean, as a Spurs fan, I'm not not hoping for good things for them. I'm afraid. And and speaking of um of my team Spurs, um, as we're recording this episode, it's only two days away from Chelsea playing Spurs, albeit a bit of a a poor Tottenham team in terms of results recently but also when you're listening to this it will be a day after Chelsea played Sheffield United too so Max out of these two upcoming games for Chelsea Chelsea Spurs and Chelsea Sheffield United how confident are you that Tuchel's going to get you two wins out of two? Not particularly confident and that's no that's no um, slander on Tuchel's name that's that's a product of the Premier League at the moment there is, I don't think, as a math manager, it's been so close this season and there are no guaranteed wins. Like, even Sheffield United turned up, even though everyone thought, right, they're, they're up for Derby's um, record of the lowest points in the Premier League. They turn up and get a win at, Anfield, uh, at Old Trafford. Um, so I'm sure, that he'll, I'm sure that he'll do well. He's got a good pedigree. He's played with some great players. Um, but I still do believe this this like phrase of timing to bed in. Um, and I bet you Spurs going on the decline, Chelsea having a couple of good results. I bet you're going to beat us 3-1, but that's just the way it happens. So I hope that he does get two wins out of two, but I'm not kind of counting my chickens before they hatch since the Premier League and literally anything that can happen. Yeah, as you said, anything can happen. I have literally no idea what's going on in the Arsenal game as we speak. Uh, um, shall, we... I t- shall I tell you, Kai? Shall I tell you? Uh, you know, I, honestly, from the sound of in your voice, I would say don't because <laughs> I'm afraid just, not. Say, just for Max's reaction, I was like, it's a Burn Leno red card. Oh, so we're down to nine men and we're going to lose. Nine men, yeah. All right. Well, there you go. It's not like. I'm glad I don't have him in my fantasy team. <laughs> yeah, it's, not, it's not like we might need Leno later or anything. Because our other <laughs> rubbish. Well, anyway, like I said, John, <laughs> you've, you've anyway. <laughs> sorry, guys. It's all right. Um, but um, essentially, as as we approach the end of the the episode, the time has come for the pun ulti shootout. We've done this a few times before. The rules are simple. I've got either direct questions or sentences with blanks in them for you guys to fill in. The answers are all players' names 
typically last names, there might be some full names in there. And ultimately, the answers are also puns. So play along if you're listening. We'll see how it goes. If we get stuck, you guys can ask me questions, and I'll also try to throw some clues your way. So there's 10 of these. And here is the first one. If you think you know the answer, just call it out. So number one. Megan the Stallion wrote a song about him, and Rihanna has a lingerie line named after this ex-player turned pundit. Robbie Savage? Yeah, Joe's got it. Savage is the answer. Oh, very good. I'm a savage. <laughs> thank you, thank you, John. Um, yeah. This number two one, high, this high-profile January transfer would also be a fitting name for a deodorant. <laughs> Might be relevant to at least one of us on the call in terms of teams that we support. Just thinking whether there's a player called David Lynx or not. <laughs> <laughs> Lynx, yeah. That right? uh... Or just a player called Lynx Africa. Yeah. <laughs> um it's not something to do with fernando torres (laughs) no no he this this is kind of i've tried to do a few of these relative to the january transfer window that's just passed so he's flavor of the month in some in some regard flavor of last month he's a loan signing mina mino (laughs) (laughs) minamino minamino no no famous deodorant takumi that that sounds kind of deodorant Um, He's one of two brilliant players from this nation at the minute. They have two young players that are some of the best players in the world, and he's one of them. He's oh European. God, why is this so... I don't understand. There's, there hasn't even been that many signings. I don't know why this is... Arsenal. Think about Arsenal. Oh, Odegaard. Um, um, uh, yeah, um, yeah that, that counts. Odegaard. Odegaard? Oh, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah very yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Okay. So that's, that's one apiece for um, Joe and Max. Moving on to the third one. This player shares his name with both a Scottish term of endearment and also one half of a famous American criminal couple. Laddie Clyde? <laughs> I mean, the Clyde part is the opposite of, but you're onto something. Bonnie? Bonnie Lass. Yeah, Wilfred Bonnie. Yeah, go on, Joe. Wilfred Bonnie. <laughs> oh, man. I was about to say Nathaniel Klein. Klein? Um, yeah, <laughs> Klein. Is that, is that a thing that people in Scotland say? <laughs> <laughs> um, number four a common no. joe oh sorry i just called my dog joe excuse me <laughs> is that what you think of me no. <laughs> anyway i actually that was a bit of a freudian slip which might become a clue later if you can't get it but anyway i won't i won't go too far down that route a common mispronunciation of this disgraced ex-pro's surname is the name of the penultimate pokemon from the original 151 adrian Mewtwo. yeah well in that's why I think that was the Freudian slip. I was talking about Mutu earlier, and then I called my dog Joe. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, um, I guess technically his name's pronounced Mutu, but people call him Mewtwo, and that would be Mewtwo, the Pokemon. So, number five. I believe that's, what, two apiece, Joe and Max. This Premier League fullback is good at tracking wingers, but the IRS might have a difficult time tracking him. Uh... <laughs> he plays for a Midlands club. Um, I think Joe might have got it. Yeah, yeah. Matty Cash. Cash. Ah. Uh, so Matt. Why would the IRS be tracking Armin Traore? Or Armin? <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, you never yes. know. Some dodgy account. Well, yeah, you, you might yeah, have to dropped, be fair. You might have dropped Armin Traore in hot water without anybody <laughs> knowing about it beforehand. <laughs> you... Funny enough, um, Armin Traore was David Wheeler's most impressive um, play he played against. Next guest to the show. He, that he's is really play back Armin Traore. We love it. Finally, I was actually reading an old Arsenal um, uh, program from it from a game that I had, and it must have been when we just signed Theo Walcott, and I think at the time he hadn't made a first team appearance yet. And the question for him was, who's the best player you've played against? And he must have played at the time against either West Ham or Birmingham reserves and featuring John Spector. And so he, na- <laughs> he named he named John Spector as the best player he's ever played against at one point in his career, Theo Walcott. Um, so that's quite a nice one for John. Um, number six, fill in the blank with the name of this baller that the streets won't forget from the 2012-13 Premier League season. If you were introducing yourself to a stranger, you might say... Nice to blank. Yeah, he's got it, but he's not saying. <laughs> Meet you. Yeah, that's it. I held off and I was like, oh, I'm just going to get you. I love that guy. He was so good. <laughs> there what? we go. I think Joe's just Joe pulling ahead. Meet you. Did Meet yeah, you that, do that? that? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> what is it, Joe? Is it 4-2, four, four I think? 4-2, I think, for Joe, yeah. Okay, moving on to number seven. This forgotten Premier League flop shares his name with a popular Japanese noodle dish. And he may or Baba may ramen. Yeah, it was that John. Well, in I was going to say he may or may not play for Chelsea, but it is Ramen, Baba Ramen, who's been loaned out a bunch of times. Yeah. He's kind of turning into the next Lucas Piazon. Um, we'll see how that goes. Number eight. I've replaced the first three words of this popular nursery rhyme with the full name of one of this Premier League season's recent stars. So it's blank, blank, blank. Your boat gently down the stream. Fabio Rockenbach. <laughs> What? That relates to no part of the question that I just asked. <laughs> like I said, a spray. Oh, Emil Smith Row. Max is uh... on back. Emil Smith Row your boat gently down the stream. So, what's that? I think four for Joe, three for Max, and one for John. So it's close. All right, number nine. <clears throat> if couscous is the rice so nice, they named it twice. This guy is the footballer who just. <laughs> 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 I think, my, I think my, dog, my dog Zeus might know the answer. He's um, got this, one point now, Zeus. Yeah, this, this, sorry, if, if, uh, if couscous is the rice so nice, they named it twice. This guy is the footballer who just didn't quite live up to couscous. Think deadline day transfers from yesterday. I was, I was going to say Thomas Kuzak, but I don't think that's it. <laughs> it does sound like couscous. Um, he has had a mention on the pod as it, it was, he was the wrong answer to one of these questions earlier, I think. Um, yeah. Minamino. Minamino. Oh. <laughs> Almost Minamino. Anyway, um, that's just where my brain's at. Meanwhile, my dog just ruining everything in the background, but that's, that's all right. Give me actually just one second to genuinely make him stop doing that. So oh, let's have a look. Are we going to get, are we going to see? Yeah. Oh, we've been oh there we go. There we go. <laughs> He's a funny little fella. Zeus, what a legend! He's got a star on his back, on his front. <laughs> okay, Mina, Minamino was the answer. So I think technically Joe's uncatchable, perhaps, but we're going to do this last one because it might be the favorite one that I've prepared. So at the time of recording, Burnley are going to be facing Man City tomorrow, and there's a very high likelihood that we may well see these two legends of Christianity come up against each other on the pitch. Jesus. Jesus is one of them. And God, oh, does Jesus. he play for Burnley? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Dwight McNeil plays for Burnley, so yeah, God does play. <laughs> um, someone who God might trust a lot to handle things on, on earth for him. Gabriel and um, Jesus. Peter, John, Matthew. That was a good one for Gabriel, but no, um, Burnley. Luke. So got one. They're going to come up against each other. Oh, it's, um, it's, it's none other than Nick Pope. It is. Oh. Maybe that's a half a point each for uh, for Max and for Joe. So yeah, of course, Jesus versus the Pope tomorrow. Uh, we'll see how that one goes. Um, but as it as it does happen, I think Joe kind of ran away slowly with that one. So he is the winner of today's penalty shootout. And as I was kind of alluding to earlier, that does just about bring us to the end of this episode. So I want to say a thank you to my co-host Joe. I also want to thank our good friend, John. And then I want to say a special thanks to Max Fosh. Max, thanks for joining us. We hope you enjoyed Thanks for having me, guys. Thank oh, you. Seriously, our, our pleasure. Um, really has been an absolute. I can't even say it. That's how much of a pleasure it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, how can our listeners uh, follow you? Everything that you're doing as well. And do you have any content in 2021 that you're particularly looking forward to creating? Um, I have a lot of content that I'm looking forward to creating in 2021. Uh, I've had so many ideas for, for pieces of video, for videos that, um, that, would can be done in normal times so i'm very very excited to do some of them um one of them includes uh, visiting a nudist colony um i've always wanted to, to to get stuck in and potentially take my kit off and do a video with that um i will be the one who's editing that particular video um and yeah you find my find all my stuff just on the normal like youtube you type in max fosh and unfortunately some of my videos will pop up so please go take a look Lovely. Interesting choice of words with um, stuck in. Be careful what you get stuck into at that <laughs> new day. Um, <laughs> but, um, uh, on our end of things, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please do follow us on our social media platforms where we're constantly posting new episodes, interviews, match recaps, articles, and more. We're at UnitedMatesFP on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And then if you feel like putting some faces to these voices, check us out on YouTube. Search for United Mates Football Podcast and click that subscription button. Now to play us out is today's featured artist. Hi, this is Sandy Nunn and you're listening to the United Mates Football Podcast. This is my new single, Tearjerker. Jerker. <laughs>